There we go. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thanks. I appreciate you being on. Appreciate yeah, you man. taking thanks your time. Sweet. It's flattering that you would ask. Oh, come on now. I'm like nine episodes in. It's flattering that you added me. <laughs> the whole thing was I saw you on Instagram. So I, I'll give a little backstory and maybe we'll just start the podcast and I'll start it this way. So welcome back, guys, to another episode of Self-Made Nobodies, a show about the uh, Davids and a world of Goliaths. So on the show today, we have Adam Gordon from PassMag. And yeah, so the story was really, really cool. Um, so we kind of had a show a little bit before you added me on Instagram with a guy named G-Man. And I don't know if you caught that episode or if you know G-Man. Did, did you catch that episode? Adam? Yeah, that, that's actually how I ended up following you. I'm a buddy of G-Man's, hugely inspirational dude and like a big figure around here in the local scene. And I saw, I had seen the story about his car getting stolen previous to the podcast. And then I saw he was on there and kind of like gave the breakdown so you know i was like i have to hear like how this all went down in the long form right yeah so but it's a cool concept i like the idea of the podcast like like you put it the david in the world of goliaths and that's kind of what it feels like and i really think it's switching to kind of more of a like a mental mindset almost podcast like it doesn't really matter the guests that i have on i think we all have a similar mindset i think we're all really driven we're all wolves you know we all just get up and we grind every day and i think g-man was a weird inspiration it was just before that podcast that i had heard that whole grab the log thing and then when we had gone through that whole thing and he had said the same thing we went through that whole inspiration thing and make sure you're stepping out when i had seen that you added me on instagram i was like I've followed past Meg since I was a kid. I am just going to message him and say, when are we having you on? So right. I do appreciate that you're on. It is, it, it's flattering for me to be honest with you, to have you on. So that's super, super awesome. Yeah, man, I'm happy to be here. And you came from where I am now. You used to be here in Ontario in the car scene before I was even. It may be so. So yeah. So back in the day, I was part of Vital Motion. So I wasn't the original crew of Vital Motion. Um, there was like, okay. I think 30 of them with Nick and all that stuff. They had one year before I was there. And then a couple of guys kind of left. And then it was me. Uh, I don't know if you know Nick Angle. Um, there was Drew Skews. Um, Who else was there? Mike. I forget Mike's last name, but he had an S2000. There was a core group of us that really went out. Steve Zinger, uh, he's a big name. He owns Blend, okay. Blend is Tech this now. like early CSCS? This is early CSCS, like okay. Twins, twins like, Days. And like Dark Nights and all yep. that. Stuff, 100%. Right? Okay. Yeah, like yeah, we, ha- we're we talking Toronto Civics Days. We're talking like <laughs> meeting up in Niagara Falls in Lundy's Lane Days. Like the OG, like I don't want to say the OG scene, but it was kind of the OG car scene for, yeah yeah for a lot of us like you're you're a bit older than me you're 34 four okay yeah. so i'm just a few years behind you and probably even further behind in the car scene it's not something i came up in it's kind of something i wandered into but like the the era you're talking about definitely laid the groundwork for like where people like me and g-man are like building our careers here like early cscs and like all the early sport compact clubs with like the you know the for lack of a better term, like the ricey mods and like yeah, yeah. You know, original like tuner, a lot of street racers back then stuff like that was totally the groundwork for everything that we're experiencing now. It was. And see, the, the funny thing is, is I had a truck. I've always been a mini trucker. It just okay. happened. Yeah. I had an I had an S10 Extreme. I showed up there one day and um, 
cars in the parking lot and I'm like okay this is different I'm from Cambridge I gotta check this out like I've never seen <laughs> this before and I was gonna get a Cavalier like back then the new age hot rod scene was kind of this new tuner scene like it took a turn when Fast and the Furious came out I say Fast sure. and Furious kind of ruined like it didn't ruin it it opened the scene up for a, a really good side of car the car scene but i think it also opened the scene up for those guys that do give car guys a bad name the ones for that sure. go out and wreck their cars and you know rip through neighborhoods and stuff like that they're not into cars they're into what cars do for their ego right, right. so we we actually had a big fight and i don't know if it's helped the groundwork there or not but we spent a lot of the time in front of like the uh, chief of police and stuff like that talking to them because we were getting busted almost on a weekly basis and that's what ended up breaking up the club is they were coming and and basically uh, blitzing our meets where you know we'd have 300 car like the i remember the first year where, where we were big vital motion we filled like i don't know if you know you're from king city i think i read yeah so a little bit north uh gta yeah okay so have you ever been through cambridge do you know where sports yeah, world is I've friends that live there right now actually okay so yeah so anybody that's from that area anybody that isn't it's a huge home depot parking lot like we're not talking like a oh, regular I home yeah depot. i know the spot you're talking about. yeah we're talking like double the parking lot we would fill that and spill over into the other home depot parking lot and it would right. be like cars in the aisle like we're talking what you've seen in fast and the furious is what we had in our car scene and like you said we were cutting the teeth with cscs we were helping them when they first opened up, like when they were first handing out the mother's products, we were out there handing out mother's products for them. Like <laughs> we, we, we did really help for those first. And now they're huge. Now the scenes major, the drift scene was nothing back then. It was right. mostly drag racing. Now it's a huge drift scene. We had some tracking and stuff like that, but I think the drifting scene's gone huge. Yeah. I saw some vital motion stuff from like early CSCS and like the drag strip and stuff like that. So I definitely recognize it from there. I think I, I YouTubed it when you mentioned it to me just to see like what's out there. Yeah. And there's like videos from like 07, like way back then. It's so great. Yeah, it's totally good. When I had like bleach blonde hair, it was terrible. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, talk you mentioned about like the, like you wanted to be with the chief of police just to like, you know, cut down on the crackdown that there is because eventually they start just busting up meats of innocent people. And it's, it's crazy to see that like full circle all over again we've come and gone from like that same kind of era here not 20 years later where the street meets like you said they got so big they were spilling out and like you know in the age of like cell phone and internet fame like it's only a matter of time before a gathering of that turns into people stunting and like making a scene and it's definitely started to be that way again where like you're getting harassed in a modified car more often than not I remember being 16. So I have, it's an S10, 2000 S10. And back in, we're talking 06 days, putting 20s on an S10 was like, <laughs> I, I'm sorry, what? You have 20s on an S10? And I was, right. I was 17. I had 20s on my S10. And I used to get pulled over, I'm going to say weekly-ish. <laughs> and they'd be like your wheel like the the worst one usually would just be a check because they'd think I'm like selling drugs or whatever. And then they'd come up to the window. It had, it was Dale Earnhardt edition. So it had like good wrench or good wrench performance plus on the hood and like um, number threes in the side and all that shit. So when they'd come up to the window, they'd look inside, you have a chat with them for a minute and then they'd realize, okay, this kid's not a drug dealer. He just likes cars or whatever. But the worst mm -hmm. one I got were that my wheels were too big for the vehicle. 
And that was when I was like, okay, we need to really sit down with these guys and start educating because I totally understand that there are people making it unsafe. But then on the other side of the coin, like I grandpa drive my shit. I like my ex-wife would tell you like, she she won't, she doesn't drive with me. She won't because I drive so fucking slow. (laughs) I had a Nissan GTR and I used to get past like, I like out here in Alberta, we have the number two highway that takes you from Edmonton to Calgary. Yeah. And it's like a racetrack. Like it may as well be. And I used to just like my GTR slow lane, just get past all the fucking time. <laughs> People would be like, how do you drive that so slow? I'm like, I just, I don't, I'm not out to race. Like it's nice to just drive a car and enjoy it. But yeah, it's, cr- it's scary to hear that it's coming full circle. It's not so bad out here in Alberta. It seems like if you don't drive, if you don't drive asking for it, they kind of leave you yeah, alone. That's kind of what they say here too. Like driver behavior is a big thing that's going to get you pulled over in the first place. Right. And then they're going to start looking at, oh, you know, this isn't up to code and like this and this, especially with like wheel spacers and, and camber. And it's it's really the the straight pipe exhaust guys that are bringing this on to people at the yeah. end of the day because stuff is loud. For here. sure. And yeah, and while and like it's not necessary. It's cool well, when you're in high yeah. school, but yeah, I don't know who needs to hear this, but like louder doesn't always mean better. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it definitely doesn't. And uh, yeah, it's funny. I, I don't get the it, the new scene is almost like bigger it has to be bigger is better and i think where that stems from is social media like you said sure. you used to kind of pick up like when we first started building our cars when i tore my s10 has been torn apart since those days i haven't even touched it since then i think the last time we touched i think the last time it was plated was in 2008 and i think it sat for oh, that boy. year so like we pulled it in the garage and we were like, hey, let's do air ride. And then it escalated. And then now it's got a V8 in it. And then, but we never really knew anything because oh, back God. then it was it was S10 forum. And it was like, did you do that? Or did your buddy do that? Can I give him a call on my phone? Like we didn't have social media where you could go on YouTube and like Google 1966 rabbit LS swap and there are whatever, like 86 rabbit LS swap. And somebody's put a LS and a rabbit and done a full fucking build on it. Like we right. didn't, ha- we didn't have that. And now kids see this and they're like, Oh, that FRS has 19s. I should put twenties on mine. Oh, that FRS has twenties. I should put 20. Like it's everybody one upping each other. I think. Yeah, of course. Which I, I guess that... you see, you see in the magazine world, I'm sure a lot. Yeah. Like uh, a lot of the trends now is just kind of like, or a lot of the builds are just kind of following, like throwing everything at something until it sticks. And a lot of it is just like, you know, how, how much attention does it grab? And that's kind of what things are based on as opposed to like, you know, I'm not trying to sound like an elitist. I mean, at the end of the day, build what you want. And like, if you're into that stuff to really be into that, that's definitely like your own niche, but execution is so much more important than like individual changes. If, if that makes sense, like you want a, a cohesive theme, something that's just oh it, it turns heads like yeah so does anything like you know if i make it bright and shiny it'll turn heads but yeah geo metro with a straight pipe exhaust is gonna turn heads <laughs> right yeah stuff like that so Great. what what are you building now you you mentioned that truck's torn apart but you sent me a photo you were working on something in the garage that looked like you had your hands full yeah just turning into me being me being interviewed that's kind of funny i guess we'll get into you in a minute uh yeah so i actually started um, my own kind of business. I, so I moved home. I was working out of town. I kind of moved home for school and I've taken 14 weeks off and finished like two years of, or of, of auto body in a row back to back. I had the hours. Um, so I figured why not burn the line of credit out? Um, <laughs> seems super smart. And then while I was home, I was like, Hey, why not also burn the line of credit out and buy a build and do a build in the garage? 
So I started Misfire Inc. And uh, yeah, I'm building a 73 C10 uh, Alberta Parks regular cab four speed small block truck. Oh, so boy. yeah, so it's uh, it escalated and escalated and escalated. I wanted to finish it in like seven weeks. So that's like uh, Friday. Um, right. It's not going to happen. It was just supposed to be like bag it. And then I laid it out and I was like, oh, the front K member lays before the frame touches. That's stupid. So I took the K member out and sectioned it three and a half inches. So now the control arms and the frame lay flat together. Yeah. And then that oh, added cool. a whole worm of shenanigans. I had to move the hanger bearing up and the transmission up and the floor yeah, up. And your geometry's off. Yeah. And then, and then I was like, I've done all this low. So why not body drop it? So then I cut the cab out and body dropped it, which then I realized, which actually this is the, this is, was the latest one after I got everything kind of, I, it dropped straight down. I cut it straight, dropped it straight down, welded the whole back of the cab up. And then I went to the inside and I started cutting the inside. And I was like, something's not right here. And I looked side to side and those floors in those trucks aren't even put in centered. And I was like, sweet way to go. Couldn't have learned that, but I'm kind of learning as I go. Right. This one's going to be the goal for this one is bag bodied rat rod body, fully refreshed drivetrain and engine bay. And then um, I'm going to sell it for like 12, five. That's cool. You know, build a rat rod at some point in my life, like something crusty and rusty and low and badass life crisis. You've got to do it. I'll bring this one home for you and you can just have it. (laughs) So what do you, do you have any builds before we get into your life as a magazine editor? Let's, let's talk about your life as a car, car person. Do you have any personal builds that you're building now? Uh, yeah, just my, my S13. So I've got a 1990 Nissan 240SX. Um, I want to say like five years of ownership. I just like, I had been looking for uh, an enthusiast car for a while, like something to really build. I've always been into cars, but didn't have one of my own for the longest time. And um I was looking for a 240Z, actually. That's like one of my dream cars, the Datsun 240Z, and stumbled upon a pretty damn good deal on a 240SX. And it was from the same year I was born. And like my mom used to have one. And the the stars kind of aligned on this car. It was a good deal with like good parts on it. Nearby, I knew the guy selling it. And I do love S13 240s. So went and checked it out, saw the potential. And uh, five years in, thanks to like past Meg, especially, uh, and a handful of friends, uh, gotten a few, uh, people to jump on board. So like ACT clutch provided some stuff. I got, uh, Kingsman customs here in Mississauga to do the paint with BASF. Uh, that's like the biggest deal to me. We made my own paint color and stuff like that, but it's cool. relatively cool. built. It's got like an S 15 SR 20 with, uh, Garrett's new G25 550. Shout out to Garrett advancing motion for that one. So it makes about 400 wheel horsepower. And uh, I like to consider it like everyone says this and it doesn't really exist, but like quote unquote finished. Like I, I had built it up over this whole time and like addressed all the things one at a time. And like now I think as far as like big purchases go, I think that's done. I think this is the way it's going to be. And any changes from here will strictly be like little tiny tweaks. I'm not spending <laughs> more money on this thing but it's great i really love the car it is a sharp looking build i had i had to look at it online and yeah it's, it's, <laughs> Thanks, I, i'd love to see it in person but we're way too far away but i know i want to come back one day for sure to meet like i i know oh, dude, every yeah. guest every guest except for for you guys but i want to meet up with g-man and for you for sure you too oh that'd be tight 
Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, all my family's back home. It's just been, I got four little ones and life's happened over the last couple of years, you know? And so it's, yeah, you just, you just never know what's going to throw you up. Where are you exactly? Uh, Just west of Edmonton. Okay, cool. Yeah. So like 15 minutes outside Edmonton, it's called Spruce Grove. It's like, yes, I don't know. The little bit of a ritzier stupid town outside anyway and like the, the greater edmonton area if you yeah will. yeah yeah you can throw a rock to edmonton from here yeah yeah it's pretty sweet it's uh I, I live in a little duplex so this truck i'm building is you like i had to take the doors off in order to work on it because if i had to open the doors <laughs> i couldn't have done anything inside of it like it is it is every bit of a single car garage so like the the nose that I had to take to actually fit it in, I had to take the whole f- nose cone off the truck and both bumpers. If I had a box on it, I couldn't work on oh, it. Man. Like I picked the biggest thing I could have fit. If it was a long box truck, wouldn't have fit. Like any more factors. It's kind of again, it was one of those things that all aligned. I was like, should I take this leap? And then I just bought a welder. Like just one day I went on Amazon and I bought a welder and I was like, Well, I guess we're doing this. You have that. You might as well. <laughs> yeah. And then and then it just escalated. I bought a plasma cutter and then I bought this and I bought that. And you know how it is. It just escalates. Oh, yeah. It's just like this. Yeah, like you're 240. Yeah, my build escalated fast. Yeah, doesn't it? <laughs> Crazy. So you said that you built that. So let's get right into it. You said you built that five years ago, which ties right into probably when you started at Passbank. Looks like you started around five years ago, yes. Yeah, so I've built it over the course of that time, only only just recently, like finished, quote unquote, finished this past year. Sweet. So, so 2016 at Pass Mag, but before that, I did a little bit of. I don't usually do research on people beforehand, but you're kind <laughs> of you're kind of like, and, and I don't want any of my old guests to take offense to this, but you're kind of like the biggest guests I've had on. Oh, really? Sense. That's cool. I'm I also th- curious to see what you were able to find out. I've never really known like what, you know, what can be researched about me online. Well, so here we'll get into it. So uh, I, I read a little bit about supercar kids magazine. Wow. Yes. Okay. So that's like kind of where it started in a way. Um, when I was like a bit younger, I want to say like, like teenager, like 18, probably i was really into supercars in general uh you know like the poster cars lamborghinis and stuff like that yeah and um i ended up through like a stroke of social media luck uh if you're familiar with the gumball 3000 i was gonna get uh, to that too (laughs) supercar rally annually kind of like had known about it because of like bam Margera, ryan dunn tony hawk like grew up in the skate scene and those guys had done it yeah and i know like more and more like alternative style celebrities if you will are doing this thing i'm like wow what is this uh through a stroke of luck i had a few of the people on facebook uh they were looking for someone in the year of 2010 like gumball rally was between two continents so they did some legs in europe they then hopped on a plane landed in bangor maine and did the north american side which was like boston to quebec quebec city to Toronto and then down to New York City so we ended up applying for that position because my friend Peter at the time his family had this eight-seater Ford Expedition Max so we're like dude you hook us up we will come down there we will drive whoever you need driven and we'll like make sure all this happens on our watch and then stroke of luck they messaged they emailed me like a couple nights later and my buddy Peter is like in BC at the time and uh they literally want us down there the morning after he gets back here from BC. So like he landed with a packed bag, 8 PM and we hopped in this thing and drove all the way through the night 
until we got to Boston at like six in the morning and fell asleep at a hotel lobby until we'd like woke up surrounded by like these celebrities like Richard Rollins from Gas Monkey Garage is there and like the guys who run Gumball and Tony Hawk are all like in this hotel lobby and that was like the beginning and some people who are also in the supercar scene uh in Europe uh, if you're familiar with the YouTuber Shmi150 yeah uh Tim uh he and his colleagues reached out asking if I'd like to join um the supercar kids which was this online magazine out of europe surrounding like supercars and luxury content and stuff like that and of course i said yes and that was like the beginning of automotive editorial in my life yeah that was way back i feel like it said 2006 i want to say is that how early it was oh my god i think it, i think it was that yeah i didn't write down the date but it was it was around no, that. it would have to be it would have to be after was it after Oh no, uh, you're right. You are 100 percent right. I'm wrong. 2012 okay. to 2014. London, okay, yeah, that checks so out. About a couple years after Gumball. Yeah, that was an experience. I bet that is super, super cool. That's one thing that I've always wanted to do, but with my own. I, I right. have this like weird thing that I always wanted to own a Lamborghini. Like everybody wants to own a Lamborghini, obviously. But I definitely want to own one, and I have this thing where I'm gonna one day. Like I want to own one by 40. It's weird. So I've just got my journeyman ship today essentially uh, like my last day of school was today i went and had an interview just before this interview so to speak at an audi certified collision center okay. and right across from my bay now there's an audi r8 sitting that they're just finishing up and he's like this is not uncommon if you stick around and you finish your probationary period um because i was looking to get dual ticketed i was going to go mechanics route but he's like if you stick around and this is the route you want to take i'll send you for audi cert training and I was like, hmm, Audi cert training means aluminum training and aluminum Audi training means Lamborghini training, which means maybe I can like <laughs> sneak my way up the ranks and yeah, somehow dude. get into a Lamborghini like repair facility. By the I, time I I'm hope 40. you do end up with your Lambo. I, think I, will, you will. I will. I think you will. Yeah, I will. I did. Everybody's like, you got to do something. And I've always like I had a blast blowing studio, so I blew like little pipes and stuff like that no for a little while. Yeah. And that was cool. I got into it, but there was like there wasn't really a there was a passion but like there wasn't like a drive like it wasn't like i'd come home and i was like i gotta go do this i gotta go do this and like i'm a talker if you if anybody can't tell obviously um (laughs) semi-annoying like i'm good in small doses is what i tell people like super good in small doses and then like give it a week and then you want then you want me to come back um (laughs) but yeah so everybody was like why don't you do something like you'd be good at like youtube so i tried out youtube for a little while and with the exit it just wasn't the best with the kids and the content i was trying to make was like it kind of went with the trends so at that time it was like ryan's toy review and all these like younger kid youtube style vlog uh roman atwood um stuff like that so i was like okay okay, i'm gonna try this like vlog stuff so we did like a zoo stuff and then i did like the biggest video i had was the one chip challenge and and i think the only (laughs) reason i went viral on that is because it it, i edited it it so that i i puked at the end but i edited it so the beginning like literally the first thing you see is the opening credits and then me throwing (laughs) up into a toilet so like Uh yeah it's full clickbait but i mean whatever it's got 50 i think the last time i checked like fifty nine thousand views or something which i mean for you guys it's not very much but for for me when i was every other video was like 94 views and then i opened my phone up the one day and it was like forty seven thousand views are you fucking kidding me what <laughs> what happened and then i went on and we i think we got on the trending page for like seven seconds 
Oh, when, when the one chip challenge was, yeah. So, yeah, but the, the grappling I love hook, people's pain and suffering. That's that's a free ticket to the top. It's so bad. I've got like vlogs <laughs> of like me and my kids, and like nobody watches them. And like the best ones are like my Joker costume fail and my one chip challenge puked in the toilet fail. Like, thanks Classic. a lot, guys. Sweet. So yeah, I tried that out, and then I was like living out in Hinton. Uh, I was living like in the back room of a gas station, basically. My boss hooked me up with the room for free, but it was like no Taj Mahal. So I'm like laying there bored after work every night. I'm like, I got to do something. I want to inspire people. I'm a better teacher than I am a doer. And I'm kind of inspiring in a way that like with speech and stuff like that, I've always been able to kind of like motivate people a little bit. So I was like, maybe I can get people on that are kind of like-minded that don't have the following. And maybe one day my following can push their following or we can help each other or whatever, vice versa. And that's kind of where this all came from. And I was like, if you can talk, like I can talk all day long with people and everything that the feedback that I've gotten from people is that it sounds like I've talked to everybody that I've talked to forever. And most of the people I've talked to that 45 minutes span. So (laughs) So that that's the thing for me. And same with you. Like I've watched some of the videos. I don't have Rev TV, so I can't watch. I don't know where to find it. I was kind of looking for it, but is that a paid subscription? Yeah. So I think it's available on Bell currently, but um, I don't know how much I'm a, I can really say. There's, there's more ways to get it coming. Uh, oh, okay. Some, some bigger deals, uh, some more accessible methods. Uh, as it stands for anybody that doesn't have like Bell or Rev TV, uh, most of the stuff does make its way over to our social media feeds over time. Like we'll break up segments of the show and post them as like individual content because, you know, content landscape as it stands, you need to be everywhere. Yep. So yeah, right now, most people watch our show segments on our social media as well. And that's where I was catching your clips. And a lot of them are super informative. And again, you look as comfortable in front of the camera as I feel in behind the mic really? I, I hope i'm putting that off because sometimes i am like uncomfortable but i think over time it's mm. just kind of become like I, I just care less and that comes off as like being better in front of the camera because i just don't you know if you're judging me you're dead like i don't care that's why i don't do research because i feel like the more i like stress out about the person person that's going to be on the more i stumble like if you listen to the first podcast i think i say totally 187 <laughs> times every time the person's like yeah so i did this i'm like totally like i just i'm so frozen and, and i don't know what to do and i think over time i do edit out the ums and the ahs and the, the like the weird pause okay, and stuff okay. but i don't i haven't had to edit out my like yeah right or the totally or like the constant <laughs> oh, i'm guilty of that right That's yeah me. But no, honestly, like I've watched it and you obviously watch Donut Media and those guys there. I would. Yeah, yeah, those guys are doing it big. The crossover between you and those, there's no real, I don't see a real crossover between the two, if that makes sense. Like if I'm watching Donut Media's videos and then I switch over to your page and I catch you watch like your segments on coilovers or whatever, I don't um, feel, I don't feel like I've lost. In that category, you know, like that's a. Uh, oh, for those sure. Guys do it really well. And that's a really good team they have there as well. So. But you guys are, don't sell yourself short. Be- trying to be informative so i'm glad you said like the first way the first impression was that it's informative because like that's that's a big part of what we're trying to do like there's a lot of enthusiasts who are newer to the scene than we are and like they are looking for different outlets and like different ways to learn that aren't necessarily you know immediately hands-on so we try to like break stuff down before they get their hands on something right yeah or clout driven 
like it's yeah, nice exactly. it's no none of that <laughs> yeah like it's nice to because i get it like i totally get jumping on the trends and when i wanted to be a youtuber and even now like i would love to clickbait stuff and just and see more than 500 views or whatever but like i don't i want because you can get it all the time i could get messages all the time do you want to spend five to five hundred dollars and we'll get you three million followers and it's like <laughs> that's not genuine could i just yeah, up it and then be out there yeah, it's not going to get me anything. It's not genuine. It doesn't make me feel good. You look like you're enjoying yourself. It comes across in the way that you edit. Like, I remember reading articles. I'm not much of a magazine reader now, but I remember reading the articles back in the day, and I know I caught your articles. And, like, <laughs> it's they're well. Like, Pass Mag was always a magazine that I bought. It was the only ever magazine that I um, had a subscription to in my entire life. That's so it's dope. it's actually why like again it was all the stars aligned and i'll tell you a story whether i let it make it into the podcast or not i was probably 17 not maybe 18 and i had stapled all of i I'd cut out every friggin center of all of the pass mags <laughs> and i stapled my dad still fucking he's got dementia but i swear if i asked him hey dad you remember all the staples in the wall he'd be like yeah i do i do remember all those staples <laughs> in the wall and you know what i'm still fucking pissed off at you for that so oh, i man. yeah totally so they were everywhere and i remember coming home one night and it was the first time i ever allegedly tried some psychedelics <laughs> and I may have gone downstairs and watched every one of those magazines race around the walls. Yeah, and it was like, yeah, it was, it was one of the most uh, like memorable experiences of like when I was younger, whether that's good or bad, I don't really know or, or, <laughs> or necessarily care, but it's one of the most memorable things. Like a having it all on my walls. Like I'd come home every day up until I moved. Basically I pulled them down when I moved out to Alberta, which was, I was 22 ish. So they were up for five years and I'm talking like, the OG days, like we're talking clear hood Supras and yeah, like models like, on the cover. Yeah. Like, like Cavaliers and like yeah, bodies. <laughs> yeah. Like, but the older style Cavaliers, like back, like the square body ones, yeah, like this was OG stuff. Like I, I wish I had the magazines to open them up now, uh, but the memory of that is I'm just going to send you some, I'm going to get you a, a handful of mags next time I go. I'm, I'm in the studio tomorrow actually. So I'll, uh, I'll get you something. Sweet. Thank you. Yeah. We'll pass off. I just bought merch for my, uh, for my business. So I'll send you a t-shirt. We'll do oh, a little, we'll do yeah, a little yeah. merch swap. Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> Let's get into pass mag 2016. You started editing that. What got you in was like subject in high school and stuff like that. Were you a writer all the time? Like what was um, it? The gumball stuff, obviously supercar kids, but yeah, that's what, that was what put me in like the automotive media space. And then from there I had jumped to uh, a local guy's uh, outlet here, Automoto Photo with my buddy, John Carlo. Yeah. And uh, got a little more experience, like publishing articles and stuff like that. Uh, moved from there into like a video production side that was also online media with my friend, Michael at Ironworks. And then during my time there, I think maybe even before Ironworks, I had sat down with uh, some of the guys from past mag and kind of like talk to them but like you know might be looking for the next step in my career yada 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 and it kind of just like we stayed in touch but didn't really go anywhere and it was like over a year after that they're like hey do you want to like come sit down with us again like this time we're serious about it and uh so wasn't long after that i was working there as a associate editor and kind of like worked my way up to where now I run the editorial department, but it's, uh, it's cool that you mentioned like the posters on the wall back in the day and like 
all the old school stuff because it's been very eye-opening being like this younger guy working at this it's it's a legacy brand in the in the car scene at the end of the day like big time people joke about pass mag because of what they remember from like it literally is like 20 years old like all these model covers and the clear supras but we like at the time that was like high quality content and now today we try and like keep the same quality but like up to modern standards right like i I think the quality of the content that goes into pass mag is like exceptional especially in like a print magazine space where things you know it's it's slower it's not the instantness of like something happens and it's on social media right away so you need something with like staying power the the ceo always or emphasizes like evergreen content stuff that people are going to look back on and it's still going to be either informative or like cool or like a, a signature of that era if you will right and it seems like coming up through the magazine up from what i remember it's always followed actually i won't even say followed you guys were one of the first so i'd say you guys have set trends really and and kept it that way i don't care what anybody says pass mag is gonna be a true blue it's an og magazine it's an og magazine for anybody i i had talked to people when i first reached out to you i had talked to all my og friends I th- i'm sure you know chris Pereira too from c10 yeah, yeah absolutely yeah so he was an old buddy of mine i haven't talked to him in a little while but friends of his and stuff like that that grew up and cut their teeth with vital motion and stuff i messaged them and i was like i'm having adam on from pass mag and they're like no shit dude you used to have those <laughs> magazines on your wall like every everybody's like and i was like i know this is a huge like you guys don't know how freaking pumped i am right now this is this is big for me so yeah <laughs> you guys not only have you set trends but you're keeping it going and i'm glad to hear that the ceo still wants to not necessarily follow the clout like set set good yeah. content set what it's yeah, most definitely being, set the being a good example is important and like also trying to like elevate people who are good examples or like you know people who are role models in the industry and like good stories that's a big part of my job is trying to like seek that stuff out and get it out there a lot of the world is negative these days so anything anything yeah like negative and like really short attention span and like it's difficult sometimes cutting through the noise to like be the opposite of that It, it is what scares me too about having a podcast and trying to keep it where people are interested but also in the same token back to the not caring thing i've enjoyed more learning people's stories and getting to know and i know for sure one listener from every episode has listened and been like i'm taking that leap i'm doing this i know it and and we're going to touch somebody this episode i know with the g-man episode like frick i wanted to go out and take over the world after that episode like that dude i don't know what's up with that dude i don't know what he gives off but the energy that dude gives off is just crazy crazy i left that podcast just shaking i think it's important to like i don't know like i was trying to mention before like elevating people that are good role models in the scene and like showing them like if you're if you're dedicated to something and like you can make it work for you like put your energy into that which you've done with this magazine yeah, like, and like all props to them too, because they hired me, like, I got to shout out to them for giving me this like kind of freedom with the company too, because as I came on, they're in like the midst of uh, this like shift from very old school stuff, like very heavy print, which is still important. That's still like a huge core of the brand, but like making the shift from traditional media to a lot more digital and a lot more video 
a lot more stuff like uh, we did like a Lexus enthusiast rally, a lot more like real world content. And I think that's something past Mike did back in the day too, with like hot import nights tours and stuff like that. So bringing back like the real real world experiences and also making this transition to digital has like been a really good way to keep that fire lit for me. Like there's always something changing, like something to adapt to. And that's really good in a workplace like this. Yeah. My favorite thing back in the day, I always liked obviously the big build articles they were nice to read but i yeah, really liked primary I, features yeah i liked those but my favorite things to read were the show features and the readers rides features i feel like there was always you guys always made sure to do like club features i remember in it was 2000 and i want to say 12 you guys did a full magazine on clubs and i feel like i still have that somewhere oh that's rad yeah. And if you guys can, if you can find it, it's super cool. I feel like the cover had a bunch, it either had a bunch of covers on it or a bunch of clubs on it or whatever, but it just, okay. you flip through it. I'm certain, like, I've got to be remembering, right. Is uh, like, I'm pulling from the deep, deep memory banks of my terrible memory, <laughs> but I, I feel like it had Toronto civics in it and vital motion in it. And, and Guelph, uh, there was, there was a Guelph club too. I can't remember. Um, but yeah, there was a bunch of clubs that, and you guys went through one by one and just kind of like broke down the club and who, who was the main guys in it. And it had good pictures. And I just really appreciated the hands-on, which it seems like you guys are going back into now of, of the car scene. Like anybody can put Foose's builds in their magazine or like, right. or TJ Hunt's builds in their mail. Like you can go down there and fly down and do I want to see his builds for sure. What they're doing at Sheepy Race is like absolutely gnarly, but Sheepy, <laughs> Sheepy Race is kind of taking care of that. I want to see what's happening in Cambridge. I want to see what's yeah, happening yeah. in Oakville. Like, I want to see what guys are as important, right? Yeah. Like, so like the, like the um, content that G-Man gets, like it's a little raw, but it's super cool to see the grassroots drifting, the raw content drifting, the guys that drive their cars there and drive them home on bald tires. And I think that raw style content is like on the come up right now. I think the, the heavily produced side is like pretty saturated and like people just love to see something that like you know if it if it's good enough like where if it's so good to where like the person making it is passionate about it and like it's still like either as you said like informative or entertaining then like it doesn't have to be this wildly produced anything you know it can just exist in its like temporary space as like quality artwork yep that's totally fair i think something that's untouched in the kind of media side of things which you guys would be a very good proponent to take it on is the kid side of, of the car scene. I've got an eight-year-old, a seven-year-old who are out in the garage constantly with me. And it would be nice right. for them to have some media, which I've seen like blippy, which is absolutely atrocious content, but like at least <laughs> some of the things like he goes and like goes to a, like a car factory and kind of shows you around, but there's no, like nobody that actually teaches kids like this is a wrench. This is a this. Or this right, is that. Right. I feel like that's a really untouched market too that nobody's tapped into yet. Everybody wants to blow each other away with the two thousand eight hundred horsepower Lamborghini. But like you said, the raw <laughs> stuff, the like grassroots stuff. It, it, I hope that's where it's coming up. There's a guy out here called Zip Ties and Buy Supplies. Have you ever seen him on YouTube? That name rings a bell. So he's yeah. like a redneck. Like he's from Redneck, Alberta. And he's, his name's Peg and he's got a peg leg, like actually. And, uh, 
it, it, it's oh it's good he's got a muddy yard full of ford trucks and the content isn't like the best but it is the most entertaining and hilarious same with yeah, vice grip uh, garage have you ever seen vice grip garage um that also rings a bell but i couldn't put like a face to put the a fa- name so if you've got some time check out Derek's channel vice grip garage is the all-time best content on youtube he goes and he buys like thousand dollar cars 500 miles away that are like literally in the ground rotting he's like we're gonna come we're gonna have some hand tools and we're gonna probably not make it home and then he just films it and he's funny and it's not super super edited it's kind of raw and it's just right. him and it's it's great he's moving up now because of cletus he's been through like the 24 hours and all that stuff down there and oh, at, at, at lay or 2.4 hours at lay mullets that they just did he was a part of yeah. that and stuff so so you talk a lot about people and influences do you have three people that are super influential to you like do three people stand out Ooh, that's hard um i'm gonna name rod chong uh of race service definitely stands out as like an inspiration in this industry uh i believe he's in some form of creative director role or like chief creative officer at race or race service he's formerly of speed hunters if not still of speed hunters just like a really interesting dude he built the uh porsche 935x which was one of my favorite cars like two semas ago and uh that that's definitely one of my biggest inspirations in the industry um if i have to name another one you know i don't want to miss someone and then like i'm going to be thinking later and like oh my god i can't believe i didn't mention so and so no no i'm putting you on the spot so it doesn't matter i've got a gun to your head so it's my fault anyway <laughs> um yeah there's a lot of like just really cool builders out there but i think the the internet age for lack of you know all its positivity is doing a good job of elevating these guys at like the grassroots level and like giving, you know, if you deserve the spotlight or if you're, if you're doing something cool, people recognize that it's like a cool project. Um, damn. Why can't I think of more people who inspire me in this industry? There's a hundred of them. No, that's okay. I'll ask you another one and maybe you're, it'll, it'll spark your brain. What's your favorite article? that you've been a part of written, edited, whatever, what's your favorite? Is there Ooh. something that stands out Ooh. or is that am I asking another one? <laughs> <laughs> That's impossible. That's impossible. I yeah. try, I try really hard to get content that like I am personally passionate about as well. So a lot of stuff, like the more recent it is, the more I love it. Um, we're, we've got a feature, I guess by the time this comes out, it might be out already. It doesn't matter if I say it or not. Uh, Eric Chobb from uh, Team Proceed down in Chicago, we're featuring his Lexus GS300. And that's like a car I've been really attracted to lately. And I kind of want one for myself. And like he's built an absolutely perfect one. And like Team Proceed is like very high standards for like style and like overall aura of the build. And like he's a great drifter. Uh, that car and the feature is among my favorites, I would say. And we did a GTR issue, um, I want to say last year, probably last year, if not the year before. Uh, we did an issue that was all centered around GTRs. So we had like an R32, 33, a 34, and a 35, and we put all of them on the cover. And like, I can't pick one, but that was by far one of my favorite issues to just put together. And like, I'm a GTR fanboy till my death like i'm always gonna be a gtr fanboy i still want a gtr as like a daily driver 
but like that i put that at the top i think that's like the height get one if i can suggest it i yeah. daily drove mine for <laughs> probably well, at least a year for sure like an r35 right r- no r32 oh hell yeah that's yeah. rad yeah i had r32 gtr i bought it for 6500 bucks it was uh the paint was peeling off of it i bought it out here in alberta and uh i literally drove it every day it was over a year i drove it snowboarding and then my snowboard literally jammed in the back seat between <laughs> like Sick. perfectly slid in but back between the seat we uh there's video of me and my ex when she was pregnant we went and got a crib with it it just fit like we were just going to ikea we ended up buying a crib we fit a crib in it like i've got so much weird ass content with that car and then i uh then i restored it and then stopped driving it and that was the worst mistake i ever made once i restored it i just sat and sat and sat and then ended up bills and stuff in life and i got rid of it and now i got rid of it for pennies on the dollar for what they're worth now what you need now is a sedan i've fallen in love with the skyline sedan lately yeah yeah and it's funny because uh my friend Johnny here, he just picked up a R33 Autec sedan. Yep. So it's like a GT, uh, I'm going to get it wrong, GTS4 maybe, but it's an all-wheel drive sedan, R33, and it kicks so much ass. Is it three I, seats I'm, across the back? I believe so. Oh, then I could do it. Then I could totally it do it. so sick. I love all the sedans now. I'm heavily into like big body cars all of a sudden. I'm like, I want a JZX and like that GS300, like I mentioned, is like the North American not crazy overpriced jzx yeah, yeah. So what about definitely. a stagia you a stagia guy or no love them yeah i don't know if i would personally rock one but i think they kick ass i like all like hatchbacks and wagons and like any practical vehicle i'm super into of this like overlanding trend has my full attention i kind of want to get like my daily to be something that's also overland capable i have like fantasies in my head about this rooftop tent option and like making the full bushwhacking vehicle. But I think that's uh, a few years out of the way. I'm trying to buy a house first. So I got to be responsible. Yeah. I had a Jeep that was the full tits nugget. It was XJ. Uh, it had it all. It was this, the transfer case was centered. So you only had to bring one drive shaft and it had right. onboard water and onboard air and you, you name it, rooftop tent, it, the lights, it was dual right. batteries. So you could literally leave the lights. We tested it one weekend. We were out hunting. We left the lights on for two days. And then I started the truck on Sunday night when we left and everything still fired <laughs> up. Like that's the dream right there. Oh yeah. It was super, super cool. And then the one day I was at, at work speedy and some guy walks in and he's like, who owns that Jeep out there? And I had bought it. For, I think I paid three grand for it and a paint job so i prepped a vehicle and then i installed a motor for the guy that did the paint job so i didn't pay for the paint i just swapped a 305 from one truck to another and then i prepped it so it took me like i don't know three and a half hours really then i paid him three grand and this guy walked in and he's like whose jeep's that out there and i was like it's mine he's like i'll give you eight grand for it i'm like 8500 bucks i'm like 8500 bucks and i'll go take my cds out of cds out of it right now he's like done I literally walked outside. He <laughs> drove he drove to the bank. He brought 8500 bucks back. I literally had to get a friggin' ride home. No joke. Yeah, right. I, I was like, well, fuck, I'm not. Like I'm not going to not make 5 grand. Do I want this cheap? Yeah, but I'm I'll make 5 grand all day long. That's crazy. I've had someone message me on Instagram like shortly after finishing my build being like, "What's your price?" And like I did I didn't even respond. I couldn't name a price, <laughs> but like I would let it go for that wasn't like absurd you know you should have said it i was tempted to just be like 100k fuck you 
because <laughs> I don't think there's a number that would let me let go of the car at this point. He should have been like 61.5. I know what I have. <laughs> <laughs> like maybe if someone flashes that much money in front of my face, I couldn't say no. But like, I know I can't replicate this again. Yeah, that's how I feel about my GTR. It's like, and I seen it on Kijiji a couple years later and just about threw up in my own mouth. <laughs> it's bad. I know it was mine too because I did it in matte white and then the hood and trunk were done in tuxedo black. Oh, so like yeah. very unique and then it had gloss or well semi-gloss-ish black wheels that's another thing so, that's the worst i've seen friends give up their vehicles and like the new owner just it goes to shit like it was such a nice car when the new owner got it and then it isn't like, yeah. i can't watch that if i have to get rid of my car it's getting parted out i'm gonna scatter it like the, <laughs> infinity <laughs> the country <laughs> drop a bomb in it and let the parts land where they land yeah. <laughs> awesome well if you, if you won 10 million dollars would you stay with Pass Mag? Just a just a caveat out of Ooh, lots of money. Stir the pot. Uh, I think I would contribute. Uh, that I would still like definitely help out and like contribute where I can, like do content. But I don't know if I'd have a day job if you gave me ten million dollars. I could invest that pretty wisely right now. I Is, don't know. I'd I'd be so tempted to like start my own passion project that might not even be car related with that much capital to invest. It's hard to say. Would you get back buy like a fancy Porsche and disappear into the hills somewhere? I was gonna say, would you get back into real estate? You did that for a minute too, didn't you? In the middle, uh, I did real estate photography for a little bit. Oh, that's what it was. I okay. wish I was. If I was in real estate, I would have my own house already for sure. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. It's hard to say. I know well, I would for sure be buying a Porsche 918 Spider because I think that's the dream still. Don't you have to have a kid in Ontario to buy a house because you have to give your firstborn child in order to afford <laughs> That's it? That's the down payment. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy yeah, there. It's wild out here. Sooner than later, I might be living out by you if it keeps up this way. Oh, it's yeah. Like you spend 300 grand here and you've got yourself something decent. You spend 300 grand there and you're going to have to put doors and windows in it. 300 grand here, you got a down payment. Yeah, like it's psycho there. I can't believe it. My friends are all like, you should move home. And of course, the ex is never going to do that. But when it was a conversation, I was like, boys, A, I can do whatever I want out here because it's Hillbillyville. So nobody right. gives a shit. Like right. if it's lifted truckville. So like you just look weird driving low stuff out here. That's all. Like not very many people <laughs> look at you sideways. And also living in Cambridge, the closest track I'm fairly certain was Grand Bend. I don't think TMP was closer, but it was it was a toss up between TMP and Grand Bend, and they were both an hour ish away. What it's worth, Grand Bend is super sick. That became one of my favorite places the past couple of years. Was going Grand Bend, yeah, yeah. It's so I love it. Just yeah, like town with a racetrack a kilometer away, like that's perfect. Super sweet. But here, I'm like 35 minutes from our racetrack. So like, and it's Castro Raceway, which has a drag strip, a drift pad, a full track track, which they can break up to, I think, two different circuits. It's got a dirt oval, a dirt bike track, and I think it's got a dirt go kart, like a dirt cart track as like a jump cart track as well. Is this Castro Raceway? Yeah, Castro Raceway. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like super cool. So my friends are like, you're going to move home? And I'm like, why? Like, I have everything that I need out here. Yeah, you guys are home. I love you. But like (laughs) between kids, school, work, the side business, the podcast, like, where do you want me to see you? Yeah. 
could come be a guest on the podcast and I'll have more time to talk to you than I would if you called me on five o'clock on a, <laughs> on a Wednesday, but <laughs> I won't keep you much longer. This has been a long one. Um, what's, uh, what's one lesson uh, your job's taught you that everyone in life should maybe know coming up? I know as a professional, I've learned a lot that I'd like to go back and have a chat with 18 year old me. So what's, yeah. what's one thing that you could give advice okay. to that maybe people that are younger than us might listen to us because we're not their dads, but we're also smart. <laughs> yeah, I get it. A hundred percent. It's just like, especially if you're like someone who's overwhelmed and like, there's a lot on your plate. It's uh, it's something I learned from cooking as well. And it's the phrase mise en place. It means put in place or like to, I think it means like gather as well, but basically it's the, it, it refers to like, before you cook something, have everything there, like all your ingredients and what you will need to cook in front of you before you begin the dish. And like that totally applies to, oh, I would say like a lot of jobs. I'm sure there's jobs where it doesn't apply, but like, especially on the creative side and like editorially, like too often we'll start something we're like, yeah, this is going in the magazine and we'll allocate space for it and like plan around it. And like, this is the way it's going to be. And then like catastrophic failure, like the person pulls out or like writes off the car or like, you know, definitely organize in advance and like write stuff down, make lists uh, that applies to life too. If you've got goals, like write that shit down. A goal without a plan is just like a wish at the end of the day. So like definitely have your ducks in a row and like I'm a big write things down person. I have like a thousand notepads and then like my phone, I can't even count how many notes I've opened and like scribbled something down. Like super, super important, especially if you're in a creative space. Like don't let those fleeting thoughts just like fade into the ether, you know? Like keep your eye on that. That is one thing they say is keep a notepad beside your bed because even oh. if you think you're gonna remember it in the morning, you're not. A hundred percent. I have two notepads beside my bed currently like that's a hundred percent how it is but yeah the one piece of advice the one thing i've learned is like mise en place like have your ingredients with you before you start cooking ducks in a row yeah 100%. love it love it okay where can we find you uh on instagram there's always pass mag uh you'll see me hosting the show and putting out random bits of content on there um on my personal instagram it's gordon.ledfoot that's L-E-A-D-F-O-O-T. Um, I'm always messing around on there. I'm, I Lately, I've been less social media active, but I know for like the sake of professionalism and like career, I need to use it. But I've definitely given up on like Facebook and Twitter and like those things. I've turned notifications off on everything after watching a few documentaries that were like really eye-opening for how social media affects our brain and like how so like vice versa, like how it's like using our own habits to keep us coming back. That turned off all notifications except messages. So if you hit me up in the DMs, I'm always going to answer you. Um, please don't message me begging to feature your car. I promise that happens enough. Uh, yeah, that, that's really it. I'm on Instagram, but mostly at Pass My Egg right now, making fun content. Yeah, and it's awesome, guys. You got to check it out. It's definitely informative. Um, I love 
but I not only love talking to you, but I have loved going back through and watching the videos and checking out your content on there. And I was going to say that you do need to be more active because you've got big gaps. That's <laughs> for sure. But it's on social. but you're right. It is such a catch twenty two. It's it, and I'm such so the same way. I want to be so active on it, but it's so toxic. Sometimes you find yourself like I'm going to post a post, and then you're like, shit, it's been a half an hour, and I've scrolled. That's <laughs> That's awesome. I've wasted time. <laughs> I also like, just don't think I'm that interested. Like I find myself being one of those people that I said I wouldn't be where I post just pictures of my car. Like most of the time, I'm like, I'm not a transformer. Like I do things outside of my car, but I'm just like frequently in the moment more than I'm like trying to capture something. And then I'll come back from something. I'm like, should have taken a picture of that. That would have looked great. And, you know, you got to so, live in the moment though. Yeah, right. So I, I tend to like keep my phone away from me when I'm really enjoying something, but doing better lately of taking pictures and like just kind of documenting. Cause one thing I've also learned is like sometimes like the pictures of something is all you have left at the end of the day. Like take more pictures. 100%. Like, Lost you know, my mom a couple of years ago and she always said that. She's like, I'm always the one taking pictures and never in them. I'm like, yeah, mom, it's fine. Everything's going to be fine. Then we lost her suddenly. And now it's that, that right? rings true to me yeah, every day. Right? yeah i think about that a lot that it's, it's from the same thing like from a family member who passed on you know like eventually it's just the pictures so like document that stuff pictures it's, and videos awesome well i appreciate it thank you very much we will have this episode up in a couple days that's going to usually edit them but i really like to thank you for being on the show i know guys are going to love this episode um it was one of the one of the most enjoyable conversations i know i say that every time but it feels like every time i have somebody on it gets more comfortable for me i still stumble and stutter and but that's just i stumble and stutter in life i think you're doing great man and thank you for having me no i I appreciate it really cool podcast and i'm so happy to be like a guest on this as it's early because i think this is going to go somewhere and you know i look forward to watching it Sweet, man. Well, thank you so much. I'm going to let you go. Get back to your life. You guys, make sure you give him a follow. Make sure you give us a follow. Give this podcast a like. Thanks, guys, for listening. Thank you, Adam, for being on. And uh, we'll keep in touch. Cheers, dude. Awesome. Have a good night. Thank you. Another epic podcast, guys. I have to say one of my favorite things about this show is just making this show and getting to have conversations with people that I've either looked up to or admire skills of. It's just incredible to have these conversations and be able to sit down. And And I'm just honored that these people are taking their time to uh, sit down and speak with me and and really share their stories. I hope you guys love this podcast. I know I did. Thank you so much, Adam, for being on the show. Make sure you guys give this one a like. Make sure you subscribe to the show. Make sure you share this one with your friends, guys. This is a big one. Guys, this is episode nine. I hope I'm right. You'd think I'd know. Um, eh, we're doing it big. Just keep keep on the train here, guys. I want you guys to stay on it. I want you guys to stay with me. I need the love. I need the shares. We need the likes. And we need this thing to go big. I want to uh, bring these people with me. I want to bring this podcast on a journey. I want to bring you guys on a journey. And every step we take on this journey, we get to meet new people. We get to hear new stories. And I just love it. I thank you guys again for uh, listening. Make sure again to like, subscribe. Thanks so much, guys. We love you.